when you're trying to help somebody, that's all you can do is express the concern. The, the rest is up to them. Welcome to Your Financial Sobriety, a podcast that challenges conventional beliefs about money and life. We're here to talk about the only three relationships in life that really matter, our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with other people, and our relationship with money. And they are all tied very closely to one another. If you've ever struggled with any of these relationships at any point in your life, then you're in the right place. I'm Matthew Grishman, co-owner of Gebhardt Group. We're a private wealth management firm headquartered just outside San Francisco, California. I'm joined by my business partner and BFF, Jim Gebhardt, who got this party started when he opened the doors of our firm in 2005. Jim and I created Your Financial Sobriety because we want to help a lot of people. We're on a mission to become the most disruptive money influencers of our time. If after listening today, you're able to take one step closer to keeping your money more aligned with the people, places, and experiences that mean the most to you, then Jim and I just got one step closer to accomplishing our mission. All right, we've got another special edition today. I love the music for this particular episode. Uh, we're calling this the holiday season pregame episode. And as we've done so many times on financial sobriety and in our day-to-day -day lives, we like to pregame. We like to think and talk about what's coming up and how do we prepare. And the line that we've used over and over has been, there's two kinds of pain in this world. There's the pain of discipline and the pain of regret. Regret generally comes from not being prepared. Discipline, while, it not be, while it's not fun, is what is often required to be prepared. And that's one of the concepts that when you look back at over all these episodes that we've done, and, and we're going into a holiday season that is going to have more emotion in it than perhaps in our lifetimes, over COVID, over the stress of the election, over the economic impact of COVID, over all of the displacement and the isolation that people have because they haven't been able to see their loved ones, be with their loved ones. There's going to be a natural, I believe, and I think you do too, there's going to be a natural temptation to want to overdo it this holiday season. And we've talked about resistance in the past. And over. I'm specifically saying overdo it in the concept of resistance. Because they remember we talked about how, how dirty resistance fights. Oh, yeah. So it's going to find. Is it over drinking? Is it over spending? Is it over eating? Is it over sexing? Is it over social media? Whatever it is, it's going to find you. Yeah, yeah. I, I got I to gotta stop you because my heart is pounding in my chest right now. Oh, wow. Um, just hearing you bring in that term, the pain of discipline and the pain of regret, I don't know that we can talk about a holiday season pregame without talking about, for me, the 800-pound elephant in the room. You and I have teed up before in, in kind of conversation. We've teased each other that we're going to talk about this thing called a relapse that I had after the whole 2005 financial meltdown in my life. I was kind of hoping we'd never really talk about it. But I don't think we can have a true holiday season pregame without talking about it. My heart is absolutely pounding right now. Okay. I totally I, honor that. I can't believe how uncomfortable I feel right now. I've, sure. Of all these episodes you and I have sat here recording, I've never felt this uncomfortable. This was a different experience than what I experienced in 2005. But I think it's really important to tell the story today because it could be helpful as we go into this holiday season with what 
many people you and I care very deeply about are feeling right now and how we run the risk of using the holiday season, like you said, to medicate ourselves and to push some of the pain away of what's going on today right. in all the different forms that you just described. In 2011, so much so because of the work you would help me do, I was able to walk away from corporate America. I had a lot of money saved, and I felt really good about myself. I think you were running away. I don't think you walked away. <laughs> I was sprinting away. Okay. Yeah. And when I look back at that time and how that was managed, those beginning couple of years, 2011, 2012, 2013, 14, and ultimately 2015, I got to say, I look back with the pain of regret in, in many ways. Granted, I'm here today, and I feel wealthier than I've ever felt in my life. So that helps me offset that pain of regret a little bit. Amy and I had learned a whole new discipline on our spending. But what we had back in 2005 was I still had a really good income to help us rebound and rebound quickly. Sure. When I ran away from corporate America in 2011, I didn't have income. It was all gone. We were living on the savings that we had set aside. We had some money in the bank. We had some retirement savings. And the biggest mistake I made back then was that we continued living our lifestyle as if I still had fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 a month of income coming in. So this is when you transitioned from corporate America to, be, to starting, starting whatever. As, an, as an independent financial advisor yes. from scratch. From scratch building something that didn't exist prior to October 1st, 2011. So you were starting a business that had no income. There was no... No income, no, no clients, no, no clients, infrastructure, no nothing. nothing. And... All I had was you mentoring me a little bit. Yeah, how'd that work out? No. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I listened to you in 2011. And you maintained the lifestyle that you had before 2011. Correct. Granted, it wasn't the kind of excesses that led us up to what we were ultimately crashing and burning in 2005 over, but it was still a lifestyle that looked like somebody who was collecting a pretty steady paycheck. We were going out to eat once, twice a week. Granted, it wasn't the blow-it-out Ruth's Chris kinds of dinners, but it was still going out to eat. We were taking regular vacations, getting on airplanes, staying in nice hotels, not to the extent that we were doing... 10, 12 years earlier, but again, a lifestyle that still looked like there was money coming in the door. As the balances of my bank account started going down, another huge mistake that I made was I would kind of see that happening, and then I'd quickly put it aside, because that was kryptonite for me, to, to, to look at the reality of to, what was happening. To look at the balances, look at the bills, look at all that. Yeah. I, my business wasn't taking off. I thought I would walk in the door after studying guys like you for 12, 15 years, and I'd be able to hit it right away. And that just doesn't happen when you start Flood a new business. Floodgates open and oh. you got a line around the block like it's, you know, McDonald's on... That was the, the crazy image that I had in my head, that this business would be rock star business within just a year or two. And of course, f nothing further from the truth could have, could have actually happened. It was a very slow start. Income was not coming in very quickly. It was coming in in drips and drabs, but nothing consistent. And yet I was continuing to live my life as if nothing had changed, as if nothing had changed, as if I hadn't gone through one of the biggest life transitions I could have gone through, which is walking away from a very comfortable corporate job that sure. had benefits, a salary, bonuses, 
and all the assurances that it would be there the next year. Sure. I reached a real critical point in early 2015. I had already come on board with you at Gebhardt Group. Mm -hmm. Your generosity of rejiggering the practice to support a Roseville operation for me was, I mean, something I still wake up every morning and express gratitude for. Awesome. By this point, all my money was gone. We started having income come in. We were actually able to start paying our bills. But with all my savings gone and debt beginning to pile up, I wasn't looking at it. I ignored it. God, I feel so uncomfortable talking about this. It, oh, I, I can understand why. It, the debt piled up. I ignored it. I didn't look at it until that letter came in the mail from the IRS where they actually put a lien on my house, which completely suffocated me from a standpoint of having any flexibility with my home. Sure. Refinancing my mortgage, taking advantage of low interest rates. Sure. If I wanted to sell the house and move. Right. Very, very scary wake-up call. Oh, it was, it was awful. My biggest regret from all of it was that I knew this was going on, but if I just didn't look at it and I put it in the periphery, Maybe it'll go away. Yeah, maybe it'll just all disappear. I think there's a lot of people, whether they're listening to this episode, but I feel in my heart and my gut that there's a lot of people that are going through that right now. I would admit, you're yeah. sharing you're sharing this story, hopefully can be restorative for them in the sense that, you know, number one, they're not alone. And number two, that they too can make progress. I mean, you've made some extraordinary progress in the last five, almost six years. And I, I appreciate that. I, I still live with this incredible amount of guilt. You know, I think back to the holidays in 2014. It was 2014. I thought it was 2015, but it was 2014. That holiday season, all the savings was gone. I had taken money out of my retirement accounts just to live and maintain my above average lifestyle. I wouldn't say crazy lifestyle, but a good upper middle class lifestyle here in Northern California. And I still had this confidence that business was going to take off for me. So I'm not going to withhold taxes from my 401k. I'll just pay the tax bill when the tax when bill comes. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Little did I know that a $102,000 tax bill was what was to come and that there was absolutely no resources available to pay for it. Yet, that holiday season, I decided to blow it out for my family. I bought my boys both an Xbox 360 and a PlayStation 4. Yep. $1,000 worth of video gaming stuff. Sure. Plus all the games and accoutrements and gizmatches that go with it. Sure. I don't even remember what expensive piece of jewelry or something that I probably bought Amy that holiday season as well, but we blew it out. I have the pictures with the mound under the tree. And it was the following year that I really started feeling the pressure of all of the money was gone. I was back in that hole again that I came to you with in 2005. And the only thing I had left to do was to drink over it. To numb it. To numb it. Because I didn't want to face it. I didn't want to feel it. I just wanted it to go away. And I still can't believe we've recorded all of these episodes and I haven't talked about this yet. Come on. You know what I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to say it. So if the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, the next best time's today. My drinking had reached such epic proportions in the second half of 2016 that I knew it was time to do something completely different. My family was falling apart again. I think you might have even been questioning whether you picked the right business partner. I was very concerned. Yeah. 
I was very concerned, I, and I expressed that concern. But when you're trying to help somebody, that's all you can do is express the concern. The, the rest is up to them. Yeah, and you getting out of my way and letting me get to where I needed to be to write this ship, it was a little different than what we did in 2005, where, where you were kind of right there next to me, guiding me through the whole austerity diet and how to restructure things. This was one of those things where the best way you could help me was to completely get out of my way and let me reach whatever bottom I needed to reach. And then hopefully that bottom wouldn't land me in prison or dead. Thankfully, neither of those two happened. And on January 21st of 2017, I finally found this incredible thing called sobriety. Which, for those of you keeping score at home, happens to be the day that we launched financial sobriety. Three years to the day. Three years later. Of your sobriety. Yes. Yes. Be intentional with your money. You can substitute a lot of things with that. We were very intentional when we released this because of that. What had finally happened was this clarity moment in my life where sobriety wasn't just about not drinking or not spending or not whatever, fill in the blank, overeating. Because at the time, I was also pushing 250 pounds. Now I weigh in at a ripe old 202. Sobriety was something that was about being intentional with my life. Absolutely. Being intentional as a human being and not just numbing myself out from these feelings. And what's been incredible since then is that each and every day I get to wake up. I don't come to, but I get to wake up and I get to feel every ounce of feelings that I have, especially through an experience like this crazy that we're living in right now. I mean, you and I were on a, a web thing earlier today listening to a, an economist, a very reputable economist, talking about the crazy in our world and all of his predictions on what could happen. Mm. And that was just some scary, scary stuff. Yeah, it was R-rated. It, it was very R-rated. <laughs> and, and what I'm very grateful for is that by living intentionally, you and I get to create the reality that we live in and get to decide how we choose to respond or react to what happens in the world and, and allow ourselves to feel our feelings. I was not feeling very good about coming into the studio today. I knew we were going to talk about this. We had just listened to a chief economist paint some picture of, of doom and gloom and horror. And rather than trying to push those feelings away, you and I drove here and honored them a little bit. And I think acknowledge that these are feelings that we should talk about today because we're not alone in feeling what I like to call spilkis right now, yeah. a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of nerves. Well, and let's uh, let's tip the, the cap to you, sir, for having the courage to share all that regret. And the concept of the pain of discipline and the pain of regret is exactly that, right? You get the you get the ability to look backwards on the regret and go, gosh, I, I wish I'd done this better or that better. I'd said this or I did that or my behavior was somehow different than I would have handled it today. The pain of discipline is always in advance of and having the battle plan ready, right? Or as you like to, you and I like to refer to it with our clients as the lifeboat drills that we do. Yeah. We're not going to wait around to hit the iceberg. We're going to have a lifeboat drill so that when that unthinkable thing happens, the black swan, the unthinkable event happens, <laughs> which I think we could generally categorize this year as 2020, <laughs> we're ready over blanking, over whatever it is, fill in the blank. And look, I've over-medicated with overeating most of my life. I've, I've finally in the last few years started to get better with that. I've definitely overspent at times in my life. For those of you that are wondering, you know, how the hell am I going to get through the holidays? 
use Matthew's courage today as an example. Maybe it's a very real conversation with your partner or your kids. And you look and, and you're very honest and you say, look, guys, this is a different year. This is a different holiday for us. Here's why. I think so much of the charade that happens around everything looks perfect. Don't look behind the Wizard of Oz screen. We're going to buy Xboxes and new cars, new cars new and, clothes. and jewelry galore. This isn't a year for that. It could be. It if, absolutely, it absolutely could be. If we use this experience to medicate ourselves and use stuff to as fill a way the void. To, right, to fill the void of the pain, the sadness, the the unsettled feeling we have, and you can choose differently, as I eventually did, thankfully. And this is a wonderful opportunity if you look back at decisions that you've made and you have regret. This holiday pregame that we're talking about is to get clear with yourself, if you're part of a family that you're going to be buying gifts for, getting very real with the conversation. If you're not in a good position to be able to do what perhaps you've done in the past or been able to afford to do in the past. Well, this, this is where I think it would be important for you to go back and listen to one of the early episodes where we were talking about Clarity Compass. Clarity Compass was an exercise we talked about early on in the curriculum about getting very clear on the three or four core principles and values that mean the most to you and your family. And going back to those principles and looking at how we use the holidays as a way to celebrate those core principles. Will money be involved? Of course it will be, to some extent. But it doesn't have to be spent on meaningless stuff just to fill a void. An example, if family is one of your core values, and, and what I mean by family is your tribe, your connection to people, can you think of ways to celebrate those connections by just being present with people? Rather than spending lots of money on meaningless presents, could a huge focus of the holidays this year be about being intentionally present with people? We have a new client that we're working with on our wealth management practice where one of their core values is adventure. Now, I could think of lots of ways to burn lots of money trying to go out and buy adventure for myself, but I could also think about ways of finding adventure just in my own neighborhood or my own backyard. We could get in the car and go for a ride to some beautiful place and experience this thing called awe, which really has helped me the last couple of days with all the negative media kind of put myself in a much smaller place than I really am. You know, I'm one of those self-centered thinkers that sometimes I can get a little bigger than I really am. Sure. So I need this thing called awe where I combine some adventure and I go outside where I see these big trees and these things much bigger than I am, much grander than I am. And there's a humility effect where I, I feel a little smaller. And it makes all the noise of what's going on in the world today just go away for a little bit. And it brings me back to what's really important. That doesn't cost me money to do that. And that's one of the things we've encouraged this client to consider going into the holidays is how do we find adventure with our family intentionally without unintentionally spending it on just meaningless stuff? Because I think the thing that most of us are craving when we talk with our clients and our friends and neighbors is connection. Yes. We've been isolated for so long from those that we love, the places that we love, the people that we love, the activities that we love, that there's all this pent-up demand for connection, which leads me to the point of 
and we've talked about this before, but I think it's important to reinforce it as we go into the holidays, the adaptability of the human spirit, right? We are the most adaptable species in the history of the world. And I've seen so many wonderful, beautiful examples, particularly with like birthday celebrations or anniversary celebrations with drive-bys or video Zooms. Well, this has become required to have human connection, like you said, which is something we're all craving right now, whether, whether we know it or whether it's completely on the periphery and we don't realize it, I think that is something that most people are craving right now. There's something different about human connection today than we had even just a year ago. We took human connection for granted a year ago. Oh, yeah. Because human connection just happened all day long. We didn't have to work at it. The creativity behind the wedding I'm going to attend this coming weekend for my cousin David, the family celebrations that are trying to happen. Someone on our team, Terry, just celebrated a wedding with one of her children. And the creativity that had to go into the thought and the amount of effort that had to go into creating that human connection was epic. And that is the suggestion for the holiday season pregame, is to put the effort into the human connection and get what it is we are all so really craving, because we may think we're craving a whole bunch of stuff. I've been fooled by that myself. But what I'm finding is this thing that I'm trying to fill up inside of me that I've used so many harmful substances in the past to do it with, overeating, drinking, spending, you name it, I now have found that by filling that hole up with human connection, it's kind of like eating a real substantive, substantive, is that a real word? It is now. Okay. Yeah. A substantial meal versus fast food. To me, spending, drinking, whatever it was, that's like going to McDonald's and having a Big Mac. I mean, and we've talked about this before. It would fill me up, sure. but very temporarily. Yes. Versus sitting down and having a real steak with mashed potatoes, which is, you know, really just a butter and salt delivery system, but still filling and delicious. Yum. With some asparagus on the side. I mean, that kind of meal sticks with you for a while. By filling the hole up with human connection, that's a substantial meal that just seems to last so much longer than throwing a bunch of money at a bunch of meaningless stuff or trying to numb my feelings away with other behaviors. So here's the exercise. You've been patiently listening for however many minutes now. Ace, I'm sure, would know. And what we're going to ask you to do is to think of one, just one, one thing that you're going to eliminate this holiday season. Now, it may come to you very quickly. It may take you a month of Sundays to figure it out. But Give come, me some guidance on this up, one thing. Well, for me, it's alcohol. I'm not a big drinker, but it doesn't serve me. And when I do have a drink or two, I'm lethargic and I don't wake up and I don't sleep well, blah, blah, blah. I'm eliminating it. It could be overspending. It could be overeating. I know I've gone to holiday parties, which there won't be this year, right? Or if they are, they're going to be very, very different. And it's just, it's very easy to overindulge during the holidays and just phone it in. Typically from Thanksgiving through New Year's, it's very easy to just let it go. Yeah. And go unintentional. Just let it go. Go all unintentional. Eat whatever you want. Don't exercise. Stay up too late. Spend too much. All of those overdo-its. And if you're up for the challenge, think of one thing. One thing you're going to say no to. That you're going to say no to. I'm going to say no to holiday purchases that aren't necessary, meaning no to just meaningless stuff. Okay. 
that's actually been on my no list since I wrote the book Financial Sobriety. Yeah. I did a whole chapter in that book called Say No More. Right. Which if you're struggling with coming up with this one thing, get a copy of the book, read the chapter on Say No More, because since getting sober in 2017, each year I've eliminated this idea of a holiday New Year's resolution list, and instead, I now do this a say no more list. Yes. What am I going to put in the front of my brain and be very intentional about eliminating from my life? I don't like to-do lists. I don't like the idea that that for me to become a better person and improve my life, I've got to do all of this extra stuff. Yeah. We've learned from a very dear friend and coach of ours, and, and, you know, Bo Eason, thank you for giving us this permission. What he's taught us is that to be the best versions of ourselves is not about doing more, it's about doing less. It's about learning what to eliminate. It's kind of like what you say to clients when it comes to the investment side of our business, that sometimes there's addition by subtraction. Yes. Meaning we provide better long-term results or we attempt to provide better long-term results with what we don't own as often as what we, yeah, exactly. as what we do own. So in the book, Financial Sobriety is a whole list of things that I have started saying no to over the years. I don't do it perfectly, but if you're stuck on, gosh, what's that one thing I should say no to, that might be a good little cheat sheet for you to look at. Now, let's take this one step further, is what are you going to fill that with? Ah, we don't live in a vacuum, you mean? We don't live in a vacuum. So if I take something away, I can't just leave a blank space? Well, otherwise, you leave yourself open to- Filling it with crap. Relapsing. Yeah. For me, it's been my alarm goes off at 6 o'clock. Maybe I hit snooze once, twice, maximum. I get up, and I get on the ground. I go into our playroom. I've got a little workout station in there, and I do my stretches. I meditate, I do breath work, I stretch, I do yoga, and that's how I've started every day for the last probably 20-something days. What are you going to fill the alcohol void up with? Because, this. Because you're out. This al- morning routine. Ah, gotcha. What is, are you going to do at night when you would normally have that glass of alcohol? Because I've never known you to be a brown liquor guy in the morning. True. So what's the afternoon ritual Oh, the afternoon ritual has just been using some kind of bubble water or a ginger beer or a ginger ale with cranberry or just some... I like the ritual of the cocktail. I don't really need the cocktail. I like the ritual of getting the cutting board out and the glassware and the da-da-da, and that's not really been an issue. And I don't feel as though I'm lacking anything because when I wake up in the morning, I feel better. And as a result of that... I'm on the ground. You're on the ground doing your stretches, doing your warm-up. Because guess what happens? The rest of my day, I feel better. I feel stronger. I feel more confident because I started the day on the ground stretching, meditating, breathing. Rather than having a couple cocktails the night before and waking up and winding snooze, up snooze, on the snooze. ground. And, yeah, and then winding up on the ground taking a nap. Correct. There you go. So that's the exercise is think about we're working off this whole premise of the, the pain of discipline and the pain of regret. Discipline is in advance. Regret is in the rear. We're going into the holiday season with a game plan. And that game plan is what do you want to be very intentional about with your money as well as what are you going to eliminate? That's fantastic, brother. And what we're replacing it with is equally as important. So we'd love to hear from you. Please send us an email at info at yourfinancialsobriety.com. And we'd love to hear some of the successes and or struggles that you're having. Because the only way we're going to get better is if we're open to change. Again, a tip of the hat to you for being so courageous today on this episode to share that deep truth. 
because all progress begins by telling the truth. And the longer this goes on at the individual level, at the community level, at the, at the societal level, where we're lying to ourselves, we're not going to get better. And that's part of why we do this whole podcast is so that we can get better. We can get better to, as individuals. We can get better as families, as businesses, as communities, and hopefully as a country. Well, I can't tell you how freeing it feels to tell the truth because I feel much like I did the very first time I told the story back in 2005. Scared, unsure of myself, my chest was pounding, and here we are a handful of minutes into sharing it, and I feel better. I feel like it's not a secret that I'm carrying anymore inside of me, that I've, I've gotten it out, I've unpacked it out of my bags, it's not something that can be weaponized against me anymore, and it just reinforces something I've been told the last several years, which is you're only as sick as your secrets. So if me telling the truth helps somebody else tell the truth, and it's not about telling the truth so much to the world as much as it is telling the truth to yourself. And if you can tell yourself the truth and unpack the weight of those secrets that you've been carrying around, I know for me it makes a world of difference. It's so therapeutic. That's beautiful, brother. And with that, I'm going to call it a wrap. If you like what you heard, leave us a review and be sure to subscribe. And check out our website, yourfinancialsobriety.com. Thanks again for listening today. Here to help you find more clarity, confidence, and capability along your journey into financial sobriety, I'm Matthew Grishman. And I'm Jim Gebhardt. Be intentional with your money. Jim Gebhardt is a registered representative of and securities offered through Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, member SIPC. Jim Gebhardt and Matthew Grishman are investment advisor representatives of Gebhardt Group Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, and Gebhardt Group Incorporated are not affiliated. The opinions in this podcast are for informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or investment recommendations. To determine which investments or financial advice may be appropriate for you, consult a financial advisor prior to investing. Any reference to market performance is based on historical information and there is no expressed or implied guarantee of future performance. Opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of Brokers International Financial Services, LLC. The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Gebhardt Group Incorporated does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance.